June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The Majesty. The Pageantry. A day that will live in history. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The unprecedented ring of steel. The big concern today, extremists using drones. Then, Trump's final hours. Have a good life. We will see you soon. He has diminished the exit of his presidency. I don't think this will be the last that we hear from Donald Trump. Ivanka holding back tears. Melania in mourning. She's wearing all black. She changed outfits. Look what she's wearing now. And their new lives in Florida. Some people definitely excited. Other people are kind of like, all right, we've had enough. Plus, final digs. The takeaway from this presidency is take him away. A string of lies that will never be broken. What will the late night comics do without Trump to kick around anymore? Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. It is official. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is the 46th president of the United States. Biden took the oath of office a few minutes before 12 noon and called for a nation in crisis to come together. Words spoken at the same spot where two weeks ago a violent mob tried to disrupt the constitutional process. The traditions of the process, a comfort after the tumultuous final days of the previous administration. Amber Cagliano begins our coverage. Oh, help me, God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. It was an inauguration ceremony unlike any the nation has ever witnessed. The invited guests masked and socially distant. The National Mall closed, guarded by thousands of troops. This day that will live in history began with mass at St. Matthew the Apostle Cathedral. Democrats and Republicans joining the Biden family in a rare display of national unity. There's Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell. At 10.26 a.m., the Bidens walked hand-in-hand hand up the steps of the Capitol with Kamala Harris and her husband, Doug Emhoff. Hard to believe that just two weeks ago, a Trump mob did their best to stop this very moment from happening. There was great fanfare as Bill and Hillary Clinton arrived, followed by George and Laura Bush and Barack and Michelle Obama. Here's Kamala Harris's stepchildren, Ella and Cole, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and daughter, Ashley, and right behind them, his beloved grandchildren. This special moment, Kamala Harris escorted to the ceremony by Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman, the hero who was credited with diverting the rioters away from the Senate chamber and Vice President Mike Pence. He's been promoted to acting Deputy Sergeant of Arms. Finally, 
finally, the man of the hour, Joe Biden, greeting his former boss with an elbow bump. Please welcome Lady Gaga. Star power was dazzling. Lady Gaga in a full red skirt, a gold dove brooch pinned to her jacket, belted out the national anthem. Jennifer Lopez, all in white, sang This Land is Your Land, adding a little Spanish. And Garth Brooks gave a rousing a cappella rendition of Amazing Grace. There were constant reminders that we're still in the midst of a pandemic. Masks stayed on, except for the speakers. After every speaker, the podium was disinfected. This is the day when our democracy picks itself up, brushes off the dust, and does what America always does, goes forward as a nation. Please raise your right hand. And then at 11.48, 12 I, minutes Joseph early, with Robin Jill Biden holding Jr. a 127-year-old family Bible, Joe Biden was sworn in. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. President Biden took the podium and called for healing and unity. Without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. No progress, only exhausting outrage. No nation, only a state of chaos. This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge. Margaret Brennan is moderator of Face the Nation. The biggest challenges for Joe Biden as president. How do you unify a country where half of it does not believe in the validity of the election we just held? And a moment that should give the nation hope that unity and healing is possible. The new Veep and second gentleman walked the outgoing Veep and his wife to their car. May God bless America and may God protect our troops. And in a complete break with tradition, Donald Trump left Washington before his successor was sworn in, leaving the nation's capital with a scaled down farewell before his final trip on Air Force One. President Trump and Melania bid farewell to Washington, but he says, I'll be back. Goodbye. We love you. We will be back in some form. The president snubbed the inauguration, leaving the White House at 8.13 a.m. for his own farewell event. It is an act of extravagant selfishness. He broke all the norms when he came into office. He is breaking all the norms when he leaves office. They left the White House hand in hand. The first lady clutched a $70,000 Birkin crocodile skin bag. Great honor. The honor of a lifetime. Marine One whisked them to Joint Base Andrews for what looked like a miniature campaign rally. The president and first lady of the United States. There was a 21-gun military salute. But only about 200 diehard supporters and family members showed up. This after the White House scrambled to bring in a big crowd to no avail. CBS Face the Nation moderator Margaret Brennan. President Trump loves to put on a show. He loves to have a rally. He loves to be surrounded by supporters. He had none of that today. Melania wore a sleek but somber black outfit, a stark contrast with the eye-catching powder blue suit she wore at Trump's inauguration four years ago. God bless you all. God bless your families. 
and God bless this beautiful nation. Ivanka God fought back tears as she witnessed her father's America. final hours as president. I wish the new administration great luck and great success. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Befitting his time in office, Trump left in a storm of controversy. At 1 a.m., the White House released a blizzard of 143 pardons and commutations that included his former chief strategist, Steve Bannon, and rapper Lil Wayne. Trump and Melania walked the red carpet for the last time as his campaign anthem, YMCA, rang out. When Air Force One took off for Florida, the strains of Frank Sinatra's My Way wafted across the runway. There is one tradition Mr. Trump did not break. The White House confirmed today that he did leave a handwritten letter for Joe Biden in the Oval Office. Just moments before Mr. Biden took the oath of office, Air Force One landed in Florida, where the now former president and his family plan to live. But the coming weeks for the 45th president are likely to be anything but relaxing. It's the first day of the rest of their lives. The former president and former first lady of the United States arriving at their new home in Florida. And what a change it was for Melania. She changed from her somber black Dolce & Cabana dress, black gloves and sky-high stilettos to this. A splashy and bright $3,700 Gucci maxi dress. Perfect for Florida. And notice the sensible flats. An adoring crowd lined the streets as they drove to Mar-a-Lago. We spoke to WPEC-TV reporter Andrew Lofholm. Florida went red this election, so there's definitely more people in support of Trump in general than not. So certainly for them, it's exciting. So what's next for the Trumps? You wonder what is the next chapter in his American life. First up, of course, a trial in the Senate. If found guilty, any future run for the presidency would be shut down. Trump also faces an uncertain business future. Today, President Trump returned to being CEO Donald Trump. He reportedly owes hundreds of millions of dollars to creditors. The minute he walks into Mar-a-Lago today, his number one job will be to stabilize a company that is in a state of shock. He has lost corporate partners, he has lost customers, and most importantly, he has lost his biggest lender and source of cash. Don Jr. and girlfriend Kimberly Guilfoyle just paid $11 million for a waterfront mansion in Jupiter, Florida. Kimberly also bought the place next door for her family for nearly $10 million. Some members of the Admiral's Cove Homeowners Association called the couple moving in a, quote, nightmare, but others said they would be welcomed. Terry Amin lives there. I think it's great, but I love all my neighbors, and I think personally we need to all be much more accepting of people and of differing views. Ivanka and Jared Kushner and Tiffany are also moving to Florida. Definitely two sides of it. Some people definitely excited. Other people are kind of like, all right, we've had enough. We need a break here. Amid the pageantry of the scaled-down inauguration, unprecedented security as the nation's capital was locked down even more than is typical. Stephen Fabian is in D.C. with a look at that. 
A ring of steel surrounded the Capitol today as Joe Biden took the oath of office. The big concern today, extremists using drones to launch an attack from the air. But that won't be so easy when you're in a restricted area like this. Your drone's controls actually lock up, rendering your drone inoperable. Law enforcement continues their roundup of the insurrectionists who invaded the Capitol. This Beverly Hills doctor, Simone Gold, was among those busted for their alleged roles. Inside Edition interviewed her last May about the COVID-19 shutdown. We believe that Americans are not understanding the harmful health effects of the shutdown. This video appears to show her in the Capitol. My name is Gina Bisignano. I'm from Beverly Hills. Another Beverly Hills resident, beauty salon owner Gina Bisignano, was also busted. She's accused of urging on the crowd with a bullhorn. And authorities say there's growing evidence that the insurrection was plotted in advance, with the far-right extremist Oath Keepers in the forefront of the conspiracy. In the days leading up to the insurrection, the feds quoted a leader of Oath Keepers as saying this kettle is set to boil. A recent study found President Trump was the butt of 70, sorry, 95 percent of late night comics political jokes leading up to the election. So now what? Well, last night they said so long. With one wave farewell, former President Trump leaves the late night TV hosts at a loss for words after supplying them with four years of material. Tonight is the last show we'll do during the presidency of he who shall remain shameless. Stephen Colbert mocked his own first crack at Trump. This is what I said in my first monologue after his election. Four years. Four years. We got four very interesting years in front of us. I might have undersold that just a smidge. (laughs) It feels like the night of Thanksgiving when you're just staring at your aunt and uncle thinking, go home. One day more. James Corden marks Trump's last day with a parody of One Day More from Les Mis. No more Trump. One more day. One day. Never before in American history have we seen a president that has offered this much material that President Trump did. Now that Trump is out of office, what's next for the jokesters? I don't think that this is the last that we have heard from him, certainly, which means that it's not the last time that we will hear from him on late night TV. One big question. Will they miss the hand that fed them? I'm not sure what to feel right now. It feels like the night before my wedding and my divorce all rolled up into one. We'll be back with more Inside Edition right after this. Next, second dose jitters. Why many Americans are saying they won't take the second dose of the vaccine. The horrible idea. Then, Trump and Melania. Obama and Michelle. So why won't Joe and Jill be dancing cheek to cheek tonight? Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. President Biden assumes office as the COVID pandemic is raging out of control, promising to get 100 million people vaccinated his first 100 days in office. And a new concern has emerged on that front. As Jim Murray reports, an alarming number of people who got the first dose of the vaccine have not showed up for their second. 
Americans eager for their first COVID-19 vaccine have been turning out in droves. But now a startling concern, 45,000 of them have already missed their second dose in just the state of Florida. Some seniors are making the dangerous decision to forego their second vaccine because they're terrified of potential side effects. Others are delaying their second vaccination because they're having trouble getting an appointment. 37-year-old Tia Johnson is a nursing assistant and is scared to get her second dose. I am kind of frightened. A lot of people that I be around, they're pretty much against it. Despite her concerns, um, she's getting it today. Richard Robinson of Florida is very anxious. He wants a second shot, but he can't get an appointment. Time is running out. It's going to be the 28th that I am due for my second one, but... Uh, they haven't contacted us yet, so I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be next week. 78-year-old Diane Baldwin is fed up. We're very, very anxious. She says she has no idea how to schedule her second dose. In about 14 days, you're supposed to get your second shot, and you don't yes. know when or where to go? Not yet. They said they'll contact me. David Kotok and Christine Schlesinger are also having trouble scheduling their second dose in Sarasota. That has been confusing in this area. I don't believe it's yet quite organized. Another concern is that the side effect of the second shot, like muscle aches and headaches, are said to be more intense than the first shot. Florida's Dr. Todd Husty has this advice. If you're going to get your second dose and you're really concerned, I would consider acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. Missing the second dose is a horrible idea. Boy. When we come back with traditional inaugural balls canceled, we'll tell you how you can still join the party. Typically, a president's inauguration is celebrated with multiple balls around Washington, D.C., but thanks to COVID, this year things are different. It's a great American tradition the presidential inaugural ball. They've existed as long as the U.S. presidency itself. In 2017, President Trump and Melania danced to Frank Sinatra's My Way, Trump's favorite song. But the highlight was surely this only in America moment when the first lady danced with a 29-year-old staff sergeant, Jose Medina. It was a great privilege and honor to get the chance to dance with the first lady. And you must remember this, when Beyonce serenaded Barack and Michelle Obama at their first inaugural ball in 2009. The Obamas danced again at their second inaugural ball in 2013, when megastars like Jennifer Hudson and John Legend performed. Sometimes there are multiple inaugural balls. In 2001, George W. Bush and his wife Laura attended so many balls, they were only able to dance for 29 to 50 seconds at each one. Bill Clinton showed off his chops on the saxophone at his inaugural ball in 1993. Perhaps the most famous of all was JFK's in 1961, when the glamorous Jackie Kennedy had to carefully step over a snowbank to get to the ball on time. And oh, what a star-studded gala it was. The biggest names in showbiz in attendance. Starring Frank Sinatra, Ethel Merman, Harry Belafonte, Ella Fitzgerald. Now Joe and Jill Biden get their turn at making inaugural ball history, but with a big difference. Due to the pandemic, there'll be no traditional ball at all and no dancing cheek to cheek. 
they might dance at home instead of the balls. However, there will be a 90-minute primetime TV special that'll be streamed. Justin Timberlake is headlining, Tom Hanks is hosting, and everybody can tune in. When we come back, powerful images from this historic day. Finally today, we leave you with some of the sights and sounds of American democracy at its finest. Thank you for watching. And as the new president said, God bless America. those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold and now when you read them as an adult you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin we have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember remix and reimagine for the kids in your life today Join me DJ and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Van Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.